another episode of Football Sides. My name is Dan. I'll be your host tonight as Glow has handed me the armband and set herself out to prepare for the next round. I'm very excited to welcome my good friend Matt Pensa from Fresno, California to this very special episode number 10 to discuss all things Romanian football. Matt, welcome. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well. Thank you for hosting me today and uh, shout out to Glow as well for, for having me on. Oh, that's great. Well, we're so happy that you join us. Um, we need our resident expert in the house for, for all things Romanian footy. And I got to say, Matt, I got my Romanian kit on today that you've given me. So that I'm warms I'm my heart. Warms my heart already. It's <laughs> awesome. And I think it's fitting. You know, we're, we're far away. We are social distancing, aren't we, by thousands of kilometers right now. But... Uh, I think it's fitting that we crack a beer in honor of uh, some good footy to talk Romania. What, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking some Tayaga Sequoia, my friend. Zoro Lager. <laughs> which is from where? Which is from, from locally here from Fresno, California. That's awesome. Well, I, I'm not as hipster as you today, Matt, I have to admit. Uh, I would pick a nice BC brew. We have lots of them here. But uh, in honor of Bayern Munich, I do have a, Parla- a Parlaner Weiss beer here. From Yunchen. I think it just makes sense. So I'm going to crack that. Here's to you. Here's to the footy fans of the world. Cheers, mate. What do you say in Romanian? Uh, usually it's a jivoli. A prosh. It just depends. I like that. Well, I'll say prost because I got a go. German beer here. Awesome. So before we jump into Romanian football, I think it's fitting that we just have a quick recap i mean manchester city and Lyon just finished their match i mean we got to talk a little bit of champions league what did you think i mean Lyon's going through can you believe it you know what uh, much like you i love a good cinderella story and it's so surprising because Lyon is in seventh place currently in Ligue 1. Crazy. amazing amazing like i guess to be fair i mean Ligue 1 was canceled you know, there were still matches to play, but still, at the end of the day, you know, second place team EPL couldn't finish off the seventh place team in Liga. Hey? Yeah, and it does, and it just goes to show you, no matter how much possession you have, you still have to put the ball in the back of the net. You know, it's funny. One of the pundits on Talksport said after he said, uh, "Is it possible that the era of the tiki taka football is it's not over, but it's just you know." Other teams are figuring out there's other ways to win. They're not as overwhelmed by tiki-taka as they used to be. What do you, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, as with any fad in football, when a team starts doing well uh, based off a certain formation of style of play, teams will gain more and more film on you, or they'll do more of their homework, yeah, also, or they'll get outside sources to combat the style of play, and, and here we are. Yeah. Honestly, for me, I, I feel like we started to see this when Leicester won the league. I mean, they won the oh, league with... Great point. Right? Minor minor amounts of uh, possession. They figured out the counterattack. They were a unit. Love it. And speaking of team play, Leipzig, Atletico Madrid. What do you think? Oh, man. I was so happy that Leipzig went through. Uh, personally, for me, um, I watched so much Bundesliga 
uh, when we came back from totally. uh, yeah. the quarantine break. And I fell in love with Leipzig. I know, Dan, you've always told me how much you love RBL. And um, for me, I fell in love with Bayer Leverkusen. And shout out to my mm-hmm. boy, Kai Havertz. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in the future. But Leipzig, the way that they play, it's it's continuous attacking football, and they're a unit, mm-hmm. and I love watching that style. I, I mean, I so I started watching them uh, when Emil Forsberg played for, or Forsberg, as they, as they say in Swedish, when he started playing for the Swedish national team. I loved him, and then he went to Leipzig. And uh, what's interesting, of course, Leipzig, and we're not, we, this will be an episode from another time, but... They're the most hated club in Germany, hey? So that whole culture thing and how they're owned by Red Bull, uh, I can't I can't imagine there's actually too many German fans who are happy beyond the Leipzig supporters themselves. Well, at least there's the two of us, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of other German teams, I mean, come on. Bayern Munich, Barcelona. What are we thinking here? Well, clearly, you cannot give enough credit to Bayern Munich, but there are some that still will not do so. Well, see, that that's the thing. Like, I know the pundits are all saying we're watching the decline of Barcelona. You know, they need to rebuild. And of course, they're going to say that, and I, I think there's some validity to it. But, I mean, come on. You have some phenomenal players on that pitch. At the end of the day, please give credit where credit is due. Uh, as one pundit put it, Bayern are showing that they are probably the most balanced squad right now. Like, they're starting 11, or I guess, you know, 11 through 13 player the most balanced squad in Europe. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I can't disagree with that. And then the quality that they have coming off the bench, you can't compare. Oh, my gosh. Only only so City on you could possibly Barca? compare, but still. Uh, yeah, how, how does Barca lose this badly, though? Yeah, that was stunning. What was it? Since the 1940s, they hadn't conceded eight goals in a match or something? <laughs> and then, of course, the, I mean, come on, the salt in the wound... Now I, I love a I love a, a good comeback story, right? So Coutinho or Coutinho, he's can't get a game in at Barca. So they loan him out of all teams to Bayern Munich, which I think is ironic. And he comes off the bench, scores a brace, gets an assist. I mean, come on, can you write this stuff? It's it's perfect for the Hollywood of football, which is Champions League. I know. Love it. And, 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 and Coutinho, course, he's, he's showing, hey, I want to play. I want to play for a quality team and that he's, he's showing that he's, he's just a fantastic footballer. And I know there's a team in London that is uh, scouting him right now that is inviting him <laughs> to some training sessions. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll see where he ends up. I mean, he's got to go somewhere. We, we need to see him play. Come on. Uh, okay, real quick. PSG at Atalanta. Um, I just want to, you know, say a quick moment, personally, for two things. One for uh, Illich there. Uh, it sounds like a bit of a hard thing he's going through. I don't know if you saw the 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 news there, Matt, but he didn't play right. Right. And he's been one of their top performers this season, and he's going through a, a period of depression or something like that. So he must been a he must be in a really bad way. I don't think anyone really knows the story, so I don't really want to comment on it in terms of what it is that's happened in his personal life. But we do wish him all the best. Uh, obviously, football brings us a lot of joy, and you hate to hear when, when guys are suffering off the pitch, eh? Absolutely. F- football is a, a world community of support, so um, all we can do is just extend our love and grace to him yeah. and uh, 
hope that he he gets the help that he needs. And I know his his uh, his team will do his will do their proper due for him. Agreed. Yeah. So for Josip Ilicic there at the end of the day, Atalanta, what a season they've had. But PSG, two goals in the dying minutes. They're down one nil. They come back. They advance. What do you think about that match? Honestly, uh, it's not too much of a surprise. PSG just has so much quality, and Atalanta, good on them for for holding that lead as long as they did. However, just PSG is just a little too powerful for them. I mean Neymar, right? Like the guy, I, I, my. Every once in a while, you 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 know you get a chance to see some of these guys that I don't I don't have access to Liga regularly, so I don't get to watch PSG play all the time. But for Neymar to have that composure in the box, takes it down off his thigh, finds a player in the box, dying minutes. I mean. I'm no superstar, but I would have just like thrown my limb at it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but instead he like finds a player back of the net. And then again, he set up the through ball for the, the, the go ahead goal. I mean, just phenomenal. So I'm excited about the next round. we got some good hipster teams in there. Matt, you and I both love some hipster teams and uh, it's, I'm looking forward to the next match. Oh, as am I. Yeah. And Ronnie's out. My gosh. <sighs> you know, as much as I hate to say it, it's it's nice to see some fresh faces in there, um, even though Ronnie's face is as be- as beautiful as it is. It's time to switch <laughs> it up a little bit. Let's get yes. some more uh, Julian up in there, Nagelsmann, huh? I know, I know, love it. Thirty two. What is he? Thirty three. Oh Thirty three. Let's keep seeing that face. Exactly. So Matt, we got to dive into it. So ever since I've I've known you, what have we known each other now? Like uh, since two thousand fourteen. 2014, so it's yeah, been like six, seven years here. Your passion for the beautiful game, for Romanian football in particular, it's been so contagious over the years. You know, I ended up remaining, uh, also marrying into a Romanian family. Uh, obviously, you guys, your passion for all things Romanian football, uh, I've grown to become a supporter myself of the Tricolors, and I'm excited to talk about it tonight. So let's jump into it. How's that sound? Sounds wonderful. Okay, so tell us. How did you get into Romanian football? You know, what's your story behind it? Well, I'm a proud first-generation Romanian-American. My tati, as we say in Romanian, that's your father. My tati was an amateur footballer on, on the side of his uh, painting job. He even really? played, yeah, he even played three games for the LA Aztecs and even shared the pitch with Pele. While, You're kidding. Yeah, well, Pele played for the New York Cosmos in the 70s. No, how old was Pele at that time? Who knows, eh? Ah, who knows? But yeah, my... (laughs) So that's my dad's little claim to fame within our family. Amazing. And so what, growing up under him, like your passion just inevitably follows suit? Yeah, you know, when I was five years old, I had my first vivid memories of of Romanian football. And that was watching the World Cup 94, which was in the United States of America. And that's when the Romanians started the tournament by shocking one of the favorites that year, which was Colombia. Uh, Pele actually stated that he believed Colombia would win it all. And it was actually after um, Colombia beat Argentina 5-0 in qualification in Buenos Aires. Pretty crazy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So Romania played some aggressive counterattacking football filled with one-touch passing. And they, they had a great use of the false nine. And they just had this, this pace, which is unlike Romanians. We're not the fastest people. But they had, they had intent and they were very precise with their tactical execution um, and their big victories in the tournament. That's awesome. And 
I mean, we've talked Romanian football over the years, but you got to tell me. So, what Romanian footballers did you grow up watching? You know, which ones really caught your eye as a young lad watching football? Uh, who was it that that uh, you idolized? Oh well, to start, or that, or that your tot your tati and your family idolized. You know? <laughs> well, to start, I mean, going going back within that tournament in '94, my first exposure was to the greatest Romanian footballer of all time, and that was Jika Haji. Uh, Jika Haji was phenomenal with his vision, with his technique, with his shot. Oh my goodness, he would not be afraid to take a shot from distance. Uh, for example, he scored one of the greatest World Cup goals of all time. It was a 35-yard chip into the top corner, which left the keeper like motionless. And he even talked about how he did his prep work before the game, um, seeing that the Columbia's keeper likes to come off his line often, and he made him pay. And what's so classic about that goal is if you watch the celebration, the security guard who's standing there uh, is giving Haji a thumbs up after his goal. It's it's classic. No. <laughs> so what? You're how old watching this? I'm five, and as oh, this wow. as this tournament continues to progress, Romania is playing the United States in the group stage. And I remember being in my family room debating as a five-year-old, who do I cheer for, Romania or American? I live in America, but I'm Romanian, but I'm also American. Uh, and, and I just came to the conclusion, even at a young age, how much it means to the Romanian people. And so, uh, so I went with, with the Romanians, and they continued to progress in the tournament, and they even defeated Argentina in the round of 16. It's considered one of the greatest World Cup matches of all time. It, it was it, like I would highly recommend anybody to go back and watch that game, even the highlights. But there was incredible pace and intensity, and it was so hot. I think it was in Pasadena. Just the technical display from both sides, and just the amazing tactical battle. Like Romania implored a four-six-zero formation. <laughs> Love it. Which is unheard of, right? But they right, had yeah, they yeah. had constant motion between all of their players. Everyone knew their role. And uh, down the line, unfortunately, they lost to Sweden in PKs. In mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know this, the blame is still on the Romanian keeper for coming off of his line in, in extra time when Sweden had ten men. But um, we'll never forget the the, the legendary uh, golden generation of Romania. And, and during that time. Haji was considered the player of the tournament for his commanding play and his playmaking ability. Yeah. Where where was he playing club football, though, at that time? So, interesting enough, he was playing for Brasica, which was in Serie B. They got relegated. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, So, he's being regarded as, like, the outstanding player of the tournament. He's playing Serie B football. Does this does this tournament like put him on the match or oh, sorry, put him on the world the world stage? Absolutely. I mean, he he played for uh, played for Real Madrid. He's one of the first players to ever do this. He played for Real Madrid and Barcelona. There's only a, like maybe like ten or fifteen players yeah. that have ever done that, and he was Ronaldo, not the first, but one of yeah. the first to do it. And back in the '90s, that that speaks volumes, right? Yeah. Um, but so for Romania, I mean, their peak was, if you want to look, even though I don't really put into too much of stock with this, is the FIFA rankings in 97. They were ranked as high as third, Dan. Third in the world. Incredible. Right? So based off that and the World Cup 94, my, my brother traveled to France 
to go see Romania play in the World Cup in 98. He went to go see them play of all teams, Colombia. We got drawn with Colombia again. And my brother would, would tell me the story, and we still laugh about it. He talks about how he nearly passed out after Romania's first goal uh, and game winner against Colombia. You're kidding. No, he, he said he, 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 was, uh, he went with our cousins, and he, he was told, you're all red, you, you almost passed out, and just it's a classic story. And to continue on with World Cup 98, the infamous story about the Romanians were they, they beat Colombia, and then they went on to defeat England. Dan Petrescu scored the game winner, and what's crazy is Petrescu uh, was playing with Chelsea at the time. He had a good five-year spell with them. Uh, after two matches, we obviously qualified for the, for the knockout round, and Coach Iordanescu uh, made a bet with his players that if Romania were to qualify for the knockout rounds after the first two games, that Coach Iordanescu would have to shave his head, and in return, the players had to bleach their hair blonde. You're kidding. And there is photographic proof in a whole game or two of the Romanians playing uh, with their bleach blonde hair. And um, with their first match, having done so, they, they had their final group stage match against Tunisia, and they ended up having a draw. And Coach Jordanescu said, who's very superstitious, by the way, still is, he said, we've angered God. Which really? I think maybe he's right because they ended up losing to Croatia in the knockout round, and they haven't qualified for the World Cup since. So maybe there's some truth to that. It's <laughs> awesome. So okay, so you're a lo- you're a young lad. You're watching football. You're watching, you know, your 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 heritage being represented in these 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 footballers. Um, fast forwarding to now, you know. We're in an age also of some phenomenal Romanian footballers across the globe playing in different countries right now. Uh, who are you currently following? Like who is, who, you know, Haji himself has a son who's, who's doing great. Yeah. So, you know, after that time period in 98 and 2000, which 2000 was when I fell in love with the game. I would encourage anybody if they had the chance or to review the timeline of, of, of football, so to speak, the greatest tournament I ever watched was Euro 2000. And the style of play that was that happened in that in that tournament was phenomenal. It was a lot of goals, great storylines. So after 2000, I, I really committed myself to following football permanently. So here we are now. Now in modern day, uh, I'm I'm closely following Giannis Haji, as you said. Uh, mm-hmm. Giannis Haji currently plays for Rangers. And, uh, of course, there's Coach Gerard that's there. Yep, Stevie G himself. Yeah. So, um, right now, I think Gerard needs to work on putting Haji in a role where he's going to flourish the most. Haji needs to be in a central role, typically behind, typically in the hole behind a main striker, and that's where he can pick up wide men or his center forward. He's got great vision, great range of passing, and Dan, as you love... You love those two-footed players. Oh my gosh, do I ever. Have I mentioned that once or twice on this pod? <laughs> Just a couple of times and, and maybe in our, our FIFA uh, playing days together. That's so you true. Would, you, we would do our, uh, our studies of whoever we have on our team. Okay, how is he with his left? Oh, is he, okay, how is he with his right? Oh, perfect. Two-footed, excellent. So, so Haji just needs that freedom to receive the ball between the lines and, 
uh, before turning and distributing going forward. And, and also, in addition to Haji, I'm following George Pushkash, who, who's a forward for Reading in the championship. Uh, he scored 12 goals this past season. 12? All right. Is this his first year? In yeah, his first, his first year in English football. He even scored a hat trick in under five minutes against Wigan. And similar with Haji, Pushkas needs to be put in a position where he's, you're going to get the best out of him, as with any player. But for him, he plays better with another player playing off him, like a support striker or striker pairing. And he'll be primed for more goals next season. I guarantee you that. That's awesome. And yeah, Reading, I mean, they didn't get promoted, but good for him. And he's still in contract with them, right? Like, he's not on loan. He's, no, he's no, they paid player. they paid pretty big money for, for Pushkas, actually. And Pushkas is a product of uh, the Inter Milan uh, Youth Academy. So he's done when, really well. Now, hold on. Pushkas. So what? Did he did he change his name to that? Or is that that is his surname? That is his surname. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. So, okay, so we got Haji, we got Pushkash. Um, I mean, you've, you've been sending, okay, MLS, right? New York City FC. Yeah, talk about your domestic players, and that's Alexandru Mitritsa. He's, uh, he's, he's got one season under his belt for New York City FC. He scored 12 goals and had three assists. And I think he's primed for more. Uh, you know, he, he was battling some injuries during the MLS's back tournament. He, he set up a big assist. Uh, he's only five five, but he, he's got great ability. Yeah, you know what? Because I I remember when I think it was halfway through the season in New York City, like the transfer windows, of course, always overlap with MLS because the MLS plays in the summer, but most European leagues play through the winter, right? And I remember when New York City got him, and you could tell the guy was class. Like he's obviously got uh, you know he's got a lot of tools in his locker, and they paid you know they paid decent money for him, and he's in that. He's still he's like he's in that Etihad, you know, Manchester City system, right? Yeah. So who knows where his career could take him? He he's got un, he's got unlimited potential to be honest with you. He makes some stunning passes, he can change a game in a split second with his ability. He also loves to shoot from distance. He's great on set pieces. Uh I I, I truly think that the more he gets adapted to this New York City football team, he'll be an even bigger role and a bigger player for them. Love it. Okay, so we mentioned a few players. Is there anyone else that we're missing? Like who else do we need to know about? Maybe maybe like a up-and-coming star that isn't quite made the radar yet. Um, we'll continue to discuss some young gems further down the line, but I think one more player that we need to keep an eye on is Nikolai Stanchio. And I know you even had a chance to watch some of his performances for uh, Slavia Prague. Love him. I mean, Slavia Prague was my hipster FIFA team this year, Matt. I got all the way to, to Div 1 using the three-and-a-half-star Slavia Prague. Loved them. There was so much fun. And Stancho in that cam position, sorry, just phenomenal. I'm jealous of you. I made it to Div 2 with Byron Lev. Not Div, <laughs> not Div 1. I mean, I, I maybe I cheated the system. Who knows? The three-and-a-half-star the three and a half star teams, I kept playing all these other random teams across the globe. It was great. You always great look for fun. those loopholes, Dan, when it comes to FIFA. <laughs> I've learned from you. I know. Eh? Find my, again, I find my like two-footed wonder star and like down in the, down in the three-star teams, yeah. So, um, enough of that FIFA jargon. Okay, so 
The Romanian football landscape, a lot of us aren't going to know about it. You know, we, a lot of us uh, listeners are, if they're thinking European systems, they're going to think about, you know, promotion relegation. They're going to think about, uh, obviously, like the, we think of like the big four, the big five uh, leagues in Europe. So what can you tell us about the Romanian football landscape at large? And also tell us about women's football, if you, if you can tell us about, about that. So, unfortunately, in general, when it comes to the Romanian football landscape, there's still corruption and stupidity, but somewhat it, it's improved uh, over you know from the last twenty years um, because we had some terrible people that were involved with the clubs and and with the federation like Mersika Sandu and and Dragomir. Uh, like for example, Sandu was the president of the Romanian Football Federation for fourteen years, and Dumitru Dragomir was a former chairman of the Romanian Professional Football League and was sentenced a few years ago to prison for tax evasion. Really? And, yeah, embezzlement and money laundering. And he had this, he was involved mm. with the sales of TV rights, which caused the league damages worth up to over 5 million pounds. But ultimately, wow. the, the worst part of Romanian football is the lack of management. Unfortunately, there's no plan for clubs or no plan for youth teams and no long term vision. Really? Yeah. So, 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 like, so, like, I mean, we're used to seeing, you know, academies and whatnot, right? Like, even. You know, Davies has been phenomenal for Bayern Munich. Like, he came through. He was scouted from an Edmonton youth system. You know, Whitecaps bought him. He played for the second team. Boom, he gets signed uh, to the first team, and away he goes. So what? They don't have a similar system? They There's very few and far between, unfortunately. But there is some hope. But unfortunately, the, the collapse of important clubs has, has caused the loss of, of fan bases and the strength of, that historical clubs have had. Like, for example, FC Austria, for, they qualified for the Champions League a few years ago, reached the playoff round in the Europa League, defeated West Ham and London, and they didn't get European, they had European success, but they lacked the fan support. But after all these years, here comes Jika Haji, right? He he recognizes the struggles of the youth academy system and has actually developed his own club, uh, Vittorio Constanza, and has hmm. he's laid out a great foundation for players to succeed. And okay, interesting. And also the FRF has hired a new president a couple years ago, Razvan Burlianu. And he truly seems to care about improving our standards and has impl- he's implemented some good decisions for the league and the national team. And this even carries over into women's football. Okay, interesting. Tell us about that. So the FRF is, is paying attention and the clubs uh, are now forced to have women's teams. So this will boost the women's national team quality immensely. Because uh, right now our women's team is in the middle of the pack. They haven't qualified for the Women's World Cup or even the Euro Cup. And they're ranked 44th in the world. But Romanians just need to be thankful for Berlianu and, and be patient. Mm-hmm. Because things are are changing within the country to make Romanian football better. So un- unfortunately right now Romanian players aren't as desired by many clubs. And it could be because of the lack of the youth system. But especially in regards to like the coronavirus, Romania is going to be impacted significantly. Clubs like CFR Cluj is out of money. Even millionaire Gigi Picali, who owns FCSB, tends to drain out the market with his spending ability. Hmm. So we can't expect too much from Romanian clubs in this climate. 
But there is a, a bright spot, and that was from last summer, Dan. So I, I just want to touch about the Romanian under-21 team from, from oh last summer. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that what a tournament. we got to talk about this. Yeah, R- Romania made it to the semifinals of, of the Euro 19 tournament with their under-21 national team. They, de- they defeated a quality English side 4-2 to in a thrilling game, which that English team boasted players like Madison, Abraham, Mount, Barnes, Calvert-Lewin, Foden, like incredible. All, all guys playing in the English Premier League right now, starting for their clubs, a lot of these guys. Yep. Well, Foden should be starting for a lot of clubs. Oh, he's, he's City, but yeah. Foden's primed and ready to take that David Silva spot, right? Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah, I agree. So, okay. So, so like, you know, they, they, they meet, uh, they, they meet the Germans. Oh, they meet the okay. Germans in the semis. Yeah. And unfortunately, they lost, but they captured the hearts of, of Romanians and, and myself and, and you as well. Mm-hmm. And what was, what was so promising was that they had an identity. They were a unit. It was very reminiscent of the team in the 90s that I was referring to from 94 and 98. And it was all led by their coach, Mirel Radoy, mm-hmm. who when he was a footballer, he was a warrior, right? He was a quality defensive midfielder and central midfielder who always showed leadership and high character as a footballer. So he's working well with these youngsters and is giving the correct mentality and approach to, to modern football. So thankfully, he was promoted to the national team. Coach. Okay, so he, because I'm, I'm, I know you've talked about this in the past, how just like football managers, like the politics around the national team, like they're not always picking the actually best manager for the national teams, right? But they finally got it right this time? They finally got it right this time, and, and I'll continue to touch, about, uh, touch upon the, uh, the national team as we continue to go on. Um, but this generation of players just need to confirm and regain its reputation abroad in order to be trusted again, right? So mm-hmm. I, I want more Romanians playing abroad, but there's hope after many years from disappointment. It starts from grassroots. Like I said, FC Victoral does it best with, with Haji's own club. And more clubs need to follow their model, or at least Craiova's model that's in Romania or CFR Cluj, more from a scouting and management standpoint, less mm-hmm. so much with a youth compared to Victoro, who is heads and shoulders above everybody. So is Vittorio in the first division? Like, did they have to start, or did he buy a club? Like, how did it, how did it work? He, Haji, he, he pretty much bought his own club, and he started it from the ground up. So every player that they have is from within, from their own academy that they started. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. This reminds me a bit, we had a podcast episode earlier about Turkish football, and Josh, our guest, he talked about how kind of similar issues that you're describing, Matt, how Tur- Turkish football struggled with the development side and actually picking Turkish footballers to fill out their teams. And he talked about one club that was changing that culture and striving to develop only Turkish footballers. So is that kind of what he's doing? Is he only picking Romanians or mostly Romanians? It's mostly Romanians and it's mostly young Romanians that okay, he's targeting. Okay. So he's probably thinking, how can I get these lads to get, you know, to, to venture into the rest of Europe or something? Hey, exactly. Develop them. Nice. Yeah. So the that's, league, that's the, cool. the league structure, uh, in Romania and its competition level. Um, I, I got to talk about, a Romanian's club greatest achievement. And that was that was Stal Bucharest in 1986. They won the European Champions Club Cup 
which is also known as now the Champions League. Amazing. Yeah, Stal Bucharest, they, they defeated Barcelona in penalties 2-0 in Sevilla, Spain, in front of 70,000 people. And the hero that night was uh, their goalkeeper, Ducadam, who saved all four of Barcelona's penalty kicks. Wow. So he went to PKs and he saves four. Four straight. Four so straight. The, the Barcelona strike, they didn't just miss the net. No, he, he saved them, man. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so this Stawa team was Romania's original golden generation. You know, I, I refer to the, the World Cup 94 team as Romania's golden generation. But these guys were the original. And a team from Eastern Europe with no money. Uh, incredible. The achievement of a lifetime. These guys were, were nicknamed the Speedies because in training, they practiced one-touch football to no end. Really? Okay. Yeah. So. Interesting. With Romanian clubs now, the players' physical and tactical condition has failed to improve and therefore has been left behind compared to the rest of Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows in both European games, when our, and especially when our players go abroad. These players have a lot of catching up to do, and, and unfortunately, most of the times, that, that makes them fail. But what's interesting is the league has changed from traditional 18 clubs, and they went to 14 clubs and now they've decided to add two more so now they have 16 total okay yes i see that here and so you guys have i mean i assume promotion relegation right correct okay and so and also you only you don't actually get a champions league berth it's a championship playoff too right yes okay yeah so in the last decade like many traditional clubs have gone through turbulent times like we have clone teams Teams disappearing altogether. These famous teams that are now playing in lower divisions. Dan, have you ever heard about the story of Stal Bucharest and, and FCSB? No. I mean, I, I know of these two clubs through, through what you've told me, but what happened? So here's, here's the story. The bottom line is the Stal Bucharest that won... The Champions League in 1996. Sorry, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me top my drink up here. I got story, t- <laughs> story time with Matty P here. Right, Please, right. All right. Get all right, cozy, everybody. Get cozy. <laughs> Let's hear it. So the Champions League style of Bucharest, 1986 winners, right? That was the Army's style of Bucharest, which had the rights to the name and the logo on that team. And right now they're playing in Liga 3. They're playing in the third division. What? Now, yeah. The infamously unstable and outspoken Gigi Bacali, who is a Romanian businessman who is the owner to FCSB, is in the first division in Romania, and that's the new style of Bucharest. Hmm. So Bacali... The new one. So what, yeah. they, just, they just like swap? It, it's so crazy. So what happened was Bacali gained ownership in the 90s, and had complete control by 2003. Okay. Then there was this big, there was a big legal war between the original style of Bucharest and this FCSB that Bacali has. So the brief rundown is: in '99, Bacali sold the Romanian army the army some land, but it was illegal because he didn't officially own the plot of land yet. So Bacali was imprisoned for three years, and that led to a massive battle for the rights of the club. But somehow, when he came out of prison, he still retained the rights of the club. Then, in 2011, Bacali got super upset because 
He was given a massive rent he had to pay for uh, the rundown stadium that Stella played in. And that rent was given to him by the Romanian army. So the Ministry of Defense asked Bacali to produce documentation proving his ownership of Stawa and its associate imagery. And then the MOD sued FC Stawa Bucharest, claiming the Romanian army was the rightful owner of the Stawa logo, colors, name, and honors. Now, this hits Bacali hard, Dan, because I just want to paint a picture for you of what kind of person Gigi Bacali is. He has a replica of the Last Summer painting in his house. Now, here's the difference with his picture. It's <laughs> the, last, the Last Supper painting with Jesus in the middle and all the, and all the disciples eating with him. Yeah, but it's not, it's not Jesus Christ. It's Gigi Bacali himself depicted as Jesus Christ. <laughs> Unbelievable. So that paints you a picture, right, of... of what kind of person Gigi Bacali he is. is. He thinks pretty highly oh of himself. So he decided to create a new team and he challenged fans to choose between his Stawa Bucharest or the Army Stawa. And although Gigi claims fans will support his Stawa because of him, you know, it just, it left fans in the dark, right? So mm-hmm. then fast forward to 2014, the Supreme Court found in the, in the Army's favor, stripped Bacali of, you know, uh, of his club pretty much and uh and then after that what happens Bacali starts his own team and he has his millions invested oh into the God. team and even the new stadium the national arena fcsb occupies that and also dinamo bucharest so i guess Bacali won <laughs> pretty crazy so interesting. So of course the original are, are stuck in the third division, but his yes. club is is up there. Hey? Yeah, his team is playing in a beautiful arena with first division, and and they're using his money. Don't get me wrong; they have some great players. And yeah, um, but the, the Romanian so league what, is what, is interesting though. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So like when I think of the Romanian league, you know, um, we think of obviously again some of the bigger leagues in in Europe. We think of how some leagues represented in the Europa League do very well. Um, where does it stand in the hierarchy, would you say? Like, where does it kind of find its place? Well, you know, at one point in time, they were ranked seventh in, like, the UEFA coefficient as far as quality clubs. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and now they've, they've dropped down, right? So it's gone down to, like, maybe, like, the 20th. 24th maybe something along those lines so the goal is to kind of get the Romanian club level back to the 15 to 20 range um and and that will come eventually I I do think there's some bright spots for example Dinamo Bucharest was just bought out by a Spanish investor named Pablo uh, Cordicero and take a while guess who he has ties to a very famous uh, football coach that may have just lost recently. What? He's got, you know, Kike? No, oh, yeah. He, he, he's got ties to Pep. Oh, to Pep. Yeah, he's got For ties. Me, I actually don't know Setien's nationality. <laughs> so he, he has ties to um, Pep Guardiola and his family. And uh, he owns some real estate in Granada, Spain. So whether this is going to be good long term is yet to be seen. But I, we're just happy. Romanians are just happy that... People from 
you know, Europe are taking an interest mm-hmm. in in Romanian football. Well, clearly there's a following, Matt. Only reason I, I mean, I, not to be all getting into the gamer lingo again, but it is something to mention. Like FIFA is a massive video game across the world, and they've included the Romanian league in the options. Like you can you can choose any club from the Romanian division, first division. And, you know, play career mode or play online and whatnot. So th- it is significant when you think of some leagues that aren't in there. You know, I think of, for example, the Greek League. That's not right. in there. You can you can pick, like, three Greek clubs or something in, like, rest of the world category. But for the other FIFA fans out there, I think it's interesting that they chose to add the Romanian League this past year. Well, that's what happens when you get some Romanian developers. <laughs> they use some of their, uh, some of their weight... And uh, plug in. Oh, are, are, they, are there some Romanians in the, in yeah. the in FIFA studios there? Yeah, FIFA. They actually You're for, kidding. Yeah, for FIFA 20, they had um, FIFA Romania and the EA Romania help develop this game. So, um, Oh, funny. So, I didn't know that. That's a I fun mean, fact. After this episode, you could be going back and, and looking at these teams. It's okay. I remember Matt talked about FCR Cluj, Craiova, FCSB, FC Astra, Vitoral Constanza, you know, have fun, but you'll totally. be just uh, beware if you go online and you play against uh, other teams. You're going to have to find the optimum amount of, uh, of skill level within your team. Um, but go, going back to uh, Haji's team, FC Victoral, he actually stepped down as coach. He was coaching the team from its infancy. And now they hired a, a young Spanish coach named Ruben de la Berreria. Hmm. From- yeah. And and so what is he bringing in a different flair, a different style to the? It's the all team? it's all a, a wonderful mystery right now. So a lot of Romanians are are very excited to see what's going to happen with him. And and he had some time uh, coaching in the Arab League. So mm-hmm. we're not sure how that's going to translate, but uh, there's there's been a, a pretty unique um, coaching kind of switch off with mm-hmm. with Romanians going to um, the Arabs uh, mm-hmm. clubs and, oh, and he's had a pretty good coaching career. Like even Romania's national team coach right now, Mirel Radoi, had some some experiences over there. So speaking of, I mean, speaking of Romanian footballers traveling to different parts of the globe, I mean, what Romanian footballers, like is there any transfer rumors right now? I know that we're seeing the trickling in now of transfers starting to happen across Europe, across the world. So like are there, what Romanian footballers are moving right now? Well, here's what's interesting. A lot of Romanian players that are, are garnering, that are garnering interest are a lot of them are former youth players at, of all clubs, FC Vitoral, Constanza, which is Haji's club. And that team's mm-hmm. nicknamed Haji's boys. So a lot of the players that I'm going to start talking about, have roots or ties to FC Vitoral. So looking at our, 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 our players right now, we are looking at quite a few players that have opportunities in Europe. So going back to Haji, he's with Rangers right now, and, and if he has a good spell there, he could transition to the Premier League. There's Florinel Coman, who plays for FCSB, and uh, Haji jokingly called him the Romanian Mbappe. Really? He's a very skillful player. He's very fluid in his movements. He's got quick bursts of speed. 
And like Haji, he loves to have a go from distance. I think that's a Romanian trait in almost any player. <laughs> I think it's Actually, because that's we, funny. Yeah, I think it's be. because we lack the pace, right? We we only have so much stamina. We're not um, oh, as ger- we're not German engineered, right? We're not the quickest. So we're like, you know what? We have some space. Let me have a go. Um, and and so for Coman, his his weakness is his defensive work rate, and but he can work on that. And what's great with Coman is he's developed a professional attitude over the last couple of years, which is encouraging. And and he's garnered some interest from Crystal Palace. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And so I mean, they're always on hunt for a winger, right? And then well, especially who knows? If Zaha leaves. I was just going to say, who knows with Saha leaving, he could be his replacement. And Comel, uh, sorry, Florian Coman could could be an inexpensive purchase. But the problem is with FCSB, Mr. Gigi Bacali, as I was just talking about, he can be a hard one to negotiate with. Mm, and, then, and then there's Pushkash, like I referred to earlier. Um, if he does well this season, he could. there's a lot of eyes in, in, in England watching him in his second season because they saw what he's capable of. So there are some Premier Leagues kind of licking their chops for a chance. Um, and then going to... Sorry, a chance, a chance to get who? Uh, Pushkash. Right, 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 yeah. yeah. And then there's Razvan Marin, who is a sound central midfielder, has the ability to play defensive mid or attacking mid. Uh, he was brought in by Ajax to be De Jong's uh, replacement. But they, they he's really playing, dropped... He's playing at Ajax now, eh? Yeah, but they, they really dropped the ball on him uh, with how to use him. So I'm hoping that he'll get a chance to move to the city because uh, he's a fantastic player and is a leader on the field with immense upside. And he wasn't a cheap buy either for Ajax. He was $12.5 million. So they're going to start to use him or they're going to sell him soon. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big move, eh? I mean, Ajax play beautiful football. And, of course, they're renowned for developing their players. And he's only 24, you know. Eh. He's a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's still got a lot of career ahead of him. Yeah. And then there's there's your boy, Stanchu, who's getting some interest from Leeds. See, I love that. I love this. Okay, so Leeds, Leeds are buying players. Obviously, they got their, their base coming up from the championship. Um, they won it handily. So that's a pretty big statement. If like, I can't see them buying too many players, you know, they won the, they won the league, but they're going to buy statue. Potentially. I mean, any, any transfer gossip that comes from, from Romania, I guess you got to take it with a grain of salt. No, (laughs) exactly. Okay. He's 27. So, I mean, it's not like it's a 10 year plan, but he showed that he can play champions league football. And that's going mm. to relate well with within the Premier League. Yeah, and continuing with, with the Premier League theme, there's um, Alexandru Chicaldel. So Chicaldel is a box-to-box, box-to-box midfielder who scored 15 goals and had eight assists this season for Craiova. He's got excellent technique, has a fantastic work rate, which I was saying earlier, that can be a hard thing for Romanian players. And there are a lot of clubs that are interested in this young 23-year-old, and most notably was Everton. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, heck, I mean, if we start seeing, often there's a trickle-down effect, isn't there? Once one comes, maybe you start seeing a few more come. Exactly. I mean, take a look at it. For example, I mean, with any European team that's maybe not the strongest, if you have a player that does well, let's say like um, someone, for a, a Bosnian player or an Armenian player, yeah, uh, they, if they do well on the grand stage, I mean, take your pick. Who was your boy, 
that that forward Jack wall. Yep, yep. And then look, he he got, he was able to kind of show the world that other Bosnians could play well. Yeah, that's true. And so that's what my hope is for if if a Romanian can kind of make it back on the map because mm-hmm. gone are the days of Kivu and Mutu. And even though Mutu didn't do well in at Chelsea at London. Um, you know, he, he got off to a hot start. He scored four goals in three games. Then, unfortunately, he got involved with partying and got into the drugs. He turned his career around. He, he went to Juventus, and then he formed a great pairing with Luca Toni at Fiorentina. What a legend. Right? Yeah. Right? So that's the hope, is if one or two of these Romanian players can get on the map in Europe and show that Romanian players have the resolve, they have the grit to play in the top leagues in Europe. That's that's the hope. That's well said. And speaking of Fiorentina, where was Tatarashano at the club, the goalkeeper at the time that uh, that Mutu was playing there? Oh, Tatarashano is is a lot younger. So Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, maybe I mean, Mutu was whispering. I was in the wondering ears. I was wondering if he was uh, a youth product or something like that. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know where he started. Uh, I forget actually. I think it might have been somewhere in Italy. I'm not sure. You're catching me with my pants down here. <laughs> no worries. You've got most of us on uh, all this other. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So the Romanian national team, I mean, that's what you and I have talked about mostly, especially after the phenomenal you know, tournament last year that we just described. But what are the greatest barriers? Like what has prevent, you've mentioned some legends here, you know, Mutu, you've mentioned Haji. Like these are, these are names that a lot of football fans will know about. So what have been the greatest barriers of the Romanian national team having success? Man, where to start? Since since the 80s, right? Since uh, that particular year where you guys stunned the world. Uh, I mean, gosh, things really went downhill for Romania in 2001 when we didn't qualify for the World Cup in 2002. We lost to Slovenia in the playoffs, and that was the beginning of the end, it seemed like, for Romanian football. So we've been plagued with awful managers who just make terrible selections. And in some cases, they're influenced by certain agents, like Victor Bacali, who's got family ties with Gigi, or the infamous Playboy model Anna Maria Prodan, who's also a, 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 a club agent for, for many players. And there's been terrible or weak tactics with no plan. And that's been the case with coaches like Cosmic Contra. We even tried the German experiment, Christoph Damm, who, you know, back in, after Euro 2000, he was poised to take over the German national team, but he got himself into, you know, with drugs and and other questionable things. And we thought, oh, well, this guy proved himself, whatever, 18 years ago, let's have this guy have a go. And so the issue is, we haven't had a set plan. Hmm. And you mentioned that. And like so, a long, long-term thinking, just not no, there? The problem is, they we haven't had, and I can tell you, I've been following the Romanian team for a long time now. We In, in all of our, our qualification campaigns, we've never had a set starting 11. I can never say, this guy's a guarantee, this guy's a guarantee, this person's always marked in. Because we've always had just bad luck, injuries or just problems with our mentality it's just it's been pretty pretty abysmal at times and it and it's if it, it's just terrible comparing what glory we had we've just been underachieving 
And we've had some good talents over our years, but it's, it's, it's sad, but it's true. Interesting. So the current state, like, how would you describe it? Well, they, they need to play these youth, Matt. Like, stop playing the, 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 the guys who haven't been performing. I don't know. Like, move on to the youth, uh, this generation that you guys are forming here and give them time. What do you think? Well, well now that Radoy has been appointed the national team head coach, he already knows the talent because they proved themselves to him in qualification. And, in, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to put too much stock into Euro 2019, but it's a big deal okay. for the Romanians to, to qualify to the semifinals and being oh, so huge. close to a final. I just That's- remember you telling me how there was a, like the politics of who would get picked because, you, you know, maybe you'd pick someone who, yeah, okay, he's a good footballer, but... Right, and it's the, the, the classic debate with national team and club. Whenever you have a national team coach, they want someone that's going to fit the national team profile. But the problem is, if, if your players are not in form, or if they're not good enough to compete on the world stage, or to compete in European qualifying, because there are no easy qualification games anymore in Europe. Teams like Luxembourg and Dora, those are no longer easy games. Interesting. You know, it's funny you say that because, just a quick comment, everyone was like complaining about how Man City like performed at 60% of what they could have formed. They should have knocked Leon out of the park and all this stuff. And, you know, fair enough, yes, if Man City is on top of the game, probably nine times out of 10, they win that match. I don't know, maybe six times out of 10. But gone are the days, hey, of like, thrashing teams i mean except for barca oops too soon um but do you know what i mean like i remember watching like saudi arabia getting spanked round one of the world cup eight nil or something like you just don't see that anymore the quality of football across the globe is more organization the the level is higher the average player's ability is higher you know what i mean oh 100 i remember watching romania's qualification for like euro 2000 and they would play teams like Lithuania and they would win those games like six nothing right and and that's what I was used to and then all of a sudden you have these teams like Iceland Wales Northern Ireland yeah, exactly yeah. they just they became so much better and what was frustrating for me as a Romanian fan while these teams in Europe got better we got worse interesting okay so people are the other the other teams around you are catching up right exactly and yeah. and what we need from Adoy is to have a clear tactical identity, yes. put put their players in their natural positions. Instill that in them over time, right? That Yes, that winning mentality, forward football, play aggressive with and without the ball. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to see, okay, is he going to play in a 4-2-3-1 or is he going to play in a 4-3-1-2? His main task like you're asking, is to adapt the current young players to the seniors mm-hmm. and to recreate that under-21 spirit for them. You have to choose the right the right experienced players that we have right now and, and blend them together because I'm hopeful that we can qualify for, for the Euros next summer. We have to play Iceland, and then after Iceland, um, we'd have to play... Um, I think potentially Bulgaria. I can't remember who, who the other team is. And of course, those matches aren't yet scheduled. Hey, uh, so we have they have set up that okay. If Romania beats Iceland, then they have the other uh, team that we will have to play. Now I once again catching me with my pants down. I I just know Bulgaria is the other opponent, and I'm not sure who the other one is. Um, so 
how is Radoy going to employ this Romanian national team? He has said that he wants to play with the number 10, which Romania has not so he had. Wa- so he wants to play attacking football. Yeah, he wants to play at the number 10. The issue is Romania hasn't had a number 10 mm-hmm. since Haji. So they're thinking maybe your boy Stanchu could fit that role or place Haji in that role. They're just not sure mm-hmm. if he's ready for that yet, but that's what your club level does. If you're playing yeah. competitive club league, you're going to transition well to the national team. So that's I mean that's big then. These these transfers that you're talking about, seeing some of these lads going to big clubs, you know, big leagues. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad to see it, right? Like Haji, where was he right before uh where was he playing right before he went to Stevie G's team? He never got a chance at Genk. Genk, that's right. I mean Good good on him, and he took his chance. No, he like didn't he like debut, score a brace or something like that. Oh yeah, he he showed that I'm here to help. And um, what's the thing is, he had offers from bigger clubs. I read Barcelona was interested. Now, of course, Haji wouldn't even be on the reserves probably. Um, So good on him for going to a spot where he's going to play and he's going to play consistently. And that's what I want for Romanians. I. I want them to go to a place where they're going to play consistently because I don't want another case of like Arasman Marin right now who's just wasting away on the bench at Ajax. Because the thing is with Romanians, Interesting. we just, for some reason, we have a hard time with our mentality. And we want someone to understand us. And our emotions can get the best of us. That's with anybody. But it's been noted with Romanian players. Our best Romanian players have had temperament issues. Haji, very temperamental. Mutu, very temperamental players. But that shows for me, and as a Romanian, I could be just, you know, I like it because it shows that you care. It shows that you care. Yeah. You know, Dan, once again. Hey, Vidal cared today. He told the ref what he thought, or last night, I should say. Right? Yeah, yeah. They were saying, the pundits were saying, oh, he's going to get himself sent off. But, like, well, then the guy's like, well, at least he's showing some some passion. Like, gosh, Barcelona's getting absolutely spanked here. You don't see Messi or PK, you know, in the faces of the ref. They're getting paid, so it's like. (laughs) But you want that passion, right? So, I mean, so this is exciting. So they're not just saying, okay, let's park the bus and, and get a result. Like they're actually wanting to play some, some like attacking football. They want to have some intent. Yeah? Absolutely. Now, okay. The, the, That's funny. The, I, had a, Matt, I had a conversation just this yeah. week with my buddy Ryan, if he's listening. Uh, he was just, just whining. His Spurs law, uh, you know, his Spurs, he was talking about, you know, watching matches where teams have parked the bus versus Spurs and whatnot. And it's like, he just can't stand it. Fair enough. I mean, it gets the job done, doesn't it? But it is, it can be dull to watch. Oh, my goodness. Uh, right? I can even remember Romania when we qualified for 2008, the, the Euros, and we had Victor Petorca as our coach. He got the results, but boy, was it ugly and boring. And your players, <laughs> they'll, they'll do it for so long. You'll get the result. As the Europeans, we like to say, it's all about the result. If we yes. want the result. But after so long, if you don't no picture get, on the score sheet, exactly. Yeah. After so long, it becomes pretty mundane. It, it, it's boring. Like, don't get me wrong, Matt. Obviously, I'd rather see Sunderland park the bus and like, <laughs> get back into the Premier League. I'll take it. But yeah, to be fair, not the most exciting. And I know I'm not gonna like entertain a neutral who like I'm trying to say, hey, come watch footy, right? But the, the, yeah, the, the issue is with Romanian players. We have. 
amazing technical ability. That's what's so frustrating. We have the potential to play beautiful football. It's an innate thing for so, Roma so many Romanians to have that soft first touch, to have that vision with the through ball or to take a shot from, from distance. 35 Romanians, yards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Romanians are notorious Could be for having good guys. technique. Yeah, while watching the tournament last year, it was great. I loved it. So that's, that's the hope for, for cool. Romanians. I think they just want to see... They want us. That they want the players to make their country proud. We want to. We want people to say, "Hey, I'm proud to be Romanian." Look at how well we played. Even if, like, for example, when Romania lost to to, to Germany in the, in the Euros uh, under 21s, when they came back home, airport filled with fans outside, filled, filled, welcoming them home because they did the country proud. Not because awesome. they advanced the semi to the semis, because they played beautiful football. Love that. Well, Matt, I mean, it's. It, I, I already want to book my next trip down to Fresno to have you know Romanian sausage and watch some uh, some Romanian qualifiers with you and your family, your tati. Get your brothers out, hey. Shoot, yeah, right. You know, you know, talk, I love it, and so but, like. <laughs> but I gotta ask, you know, what have we not asked about? Like, what do we need to know about Romanian football? Maybe that we haven't covered. Um, it's exciting times for you guys. It's exciting what's happening. You know, I'm glad to hear that you got a, a club, at least one club, maybe trying to change that culture and develop young Romanian footballers, get them moving into bigger leagues. Um, what else should we know about Romanian football? Well, Dan, going back to your, your first statement and saying that you want to come back to Fresno, fun fact for uh, all of our listeners, Dan came for uh, my wedding here in Fresno. And as I was getting ready for my wedding, Romania was playing <laughs> a uh, a a Euro uh, On that day, qualification game against Hungary. So there I am trying to get ready for my wedding, and I've got the Romania game back, and I only knew Dan not even 24 hours. I know. We just and he's it. just hanging out on my couch watching Romania, just having a drink with me. And it's just like, this. <laughs> I already knew this guy's going to be one of my best friends, man. I love it. But uh, when it comes to Romanian football, you need to understand that we, we have... We have talent. We have players that can, like for example, uh, there's Stefan Radu. He's a Lazio legend. Stefan Radu has over 300 caps for Lazio. So there are so many Romanian players out there that are good quality players. So I just want people out there to understand that even though you might not find them in you know the top five within Europe, there are diamonds in the rough out there. And I'm hoping with this new generation coming through, with the help of Haji's Academy and and with the rise of Romanian clubs that are more determined to to have better circumstances for our players, better youth academies, you know, more money coming in with TV deals that we'll be able to invest more. As, as the for the footballer as a whole in Romania, because so many times, like I referred to earlier, we have to approach the mentality of Romanians and to reassure them that they are quality players and that they belong to their teams. I love it. I mean, Matt, it's just been such a treat to talk Romanian football. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the qualification matches to start up again. For us to start, you know, messaging each other about the the matches. I mean, I'm excited, obviously, for Canadian football right now. We're seeing some, you know, some phenomenal talent. Obviously, Davies was on show yesterday. Um, 
let's hope for the best. You know, I, I don't see why not. Like you said, ever since I've started watching them, I'm also very impressed by the technical ability of the average Romanian footballer. Um, and when you think of, you know, some of the smaller countries, or I shouldn't say that because Romania is still a big country and has a large population. But when you think about like the smaller footballing nations, if you will, you don't necessarily think like technical quality, right? but they, they have it. I've seen it. And so, like you said, if they can build out their identity um, so that, the, you know, especially the young Romanians coming through, they can watch their team perform and match that, you know, right. consistently, right? So I, I hope to see it. Who knows? Maybe maybe 10 years from now, I'll have another episode about the Romanian style, you know? Right. The rise of Romanian football. <laughs> what's, what's great is, you know, if Romania doesn't qualify for the Euro 2020 tournament which will be held in 2021 uh they since they made it to the semifinals in the tournament last summer they are eligible to play in the olympics and so you're going to see a lot of those under 21 players on the olympic team next summer you know if, if it happens and there might be i think there's a olympic rule where they uh, where they allow like three veteran players to join the squad so i'm just i'm I'm just thankful I get to see Romania play on a grand stage. And even if they don't qualify for the Euros, there's still the, the Olympics. And I speak for many Romanians with the employment of Radoi. We're looking at World Cup 2022. And we're also looking at Euros 2024. We're also looking at 2022 World Cup for sure. Yeah, Right. And I just want to encourage if, if anybody's interested in more Romanian football, whether it's the national team or the clubs, please check out the website extratime.org that's with starting with an x x t r a time.org slash forms and you can find the romanian football form there are there's a phenomenal resource there with plenty of fans from spain from argentina from canada from california all across all across the globe that come together to support romanian football brilliant i guess on the side you can kill two birds with one stone and learn some learn some romanian phrases no yeah, frate bine. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's been great, Matt. So what we're going to do, I guess, we'll, we'll, we'll head over to the sidelines, have a drink of uh, Gatorade, Lucasade, Powerade, whatever. What do they drink in Romania? Who knows? Uh, Orosis beer. <laughs> awesome. And uh, have a little break, and then we'll come back with uh, some chats from the sidelines. Welcome back, everyone. We just had a fresh, uh, you know, drink from Lucasade. We had uh, some oranges at halftime here, and now we're here to talk about some of our sideline asides chat. It, it's, it's a section of the podcast we like to, you know, just talk about a random question that's been on our minds. So, Matt, I got to ask you. You know, we're both FIFA fans. Uh, that's one of the one of the ways we've been able to connect from the distance that we've been in right now. Um, who you know, thinking of Champions League? Who? Who would you rather, or what would you rather do here? Would you rather have dinner with Julian Nagelsmann? You know, listening about his football philosophy, up-and-coming star here. You know, he's our age. He's, he's managing at the top level. Or would you rather play FIFA with Neymar and his buddies? Any preference? Uh, let me get up from off the floor here. I'm still stretching my hamstring after that marathon run. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, man. Uh, for me... Teammates running over. He's like, he's helping you out with the cramp, eh? Yeah, right. Yeah, at least my Greyhound who keeps telling me what are we an extra? Are, you, are we in extra time here? Are you on the lead, I guess? You're trying to yeah, like... You know, I'm, I'm just... Time. You know, I'm in the 121st minute just trying to kill time. We're up by one. Um, so, for me, I, I got to hang out with Nagelsmann because he looks like because i love the way he dresses right he has the fancy dress but then he has the classic like nike t-shirt or the sweatshirt he looks like someone from southern california at times for me it's like i want to go have tacos with with this guy <laughs> let's go you and i and we'll just go have a cerveza have some tacos and just chill out and talk by the southern california beach and just talk footy and then you know I'll watch him go hit on some uh, American girls because he just has that look to him. <laughs> I mean, he is stylish, eh? Young lad. It's what an incredible story. That's another story for another time, but how his career has progressed. I actually uh, read something this week, Matt, that he, uh, I mean, the, the manager that he's going to be up against in the next round, oh my goodness, uh, my mind is blanking, but uh, Tuchel, right? For mm. PSG. So he was the assistant to Tuchel, in the past and Tuchel helped Nagelsmann you know, develop his career as a manager and said, Hey man, you're having too many injuries. Like you need to pursue managing. Isn't that interesting? But full circle, huh? I think it's, I think he's, it's a great show. Dinner with him would be great. What would you guys have? Tacos. You said, of oh, course, tacos. So. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have fish tacos. We'll go healthy. At least bring the German beers for him. Okay. <laughs> so you got it. You know, so Matt, for me, um, I do have a place in, I do have a place for Neymar. Now, I know it's divisive. He rolls, he dives, all this. But the Brazilians, I didn't really care much for their team until I spent, I was so privileged to spend some time in Brazil in 2014. I was there for the World Cup. Obviously, the kids adore Neymar. So you, I was working working there at an orphanage. The kids love him. Can't help it. You, you, you can't help but appreciate what he does, right? And so I, He's he's just progressed with PSG. It obviously means a lot to him. I'd love to just, you know, beat him with my Stal Bucharest or, you know, beat him with my Slavia Prague, right? And uh, you know, see see what he has to say about himself with PSG and, you know, his career, how it's progressed. And it'd be interesting just to kinda hang out with a guy, you know? It does seem like he'd be a good time. Uh oh, such a sellout. Doing it for the kids. <laughs> hey, I gotta get the Brazilian listers on side, no? There you go. I understand. Right? I understand. I mean, oh. you, t- you took Nagelsmann. You took Nagelsmann. Well, I, I'm willing to share him, but you know, Neymar does need some love, and and when you make that personal connection with with the Brazilians out there, you know, all to you. Yeah, all to and, you, my you know friend. What? And maybe, hey, if I can make friends with Neymar, maybe he can bring me down to uh, to visit him in in Brazil. Have some pão queijo. Have some, you know. Some Brazilian cuisine, some churrascaria. That'd be awesome. Keep brushing up on your Portuguese, bro. Exactly, right? So, well, Matt, it's been a pleasure. I mean, hey, you came on. Glow, uh, you know, she she was on the injury list for, for a week here. Um, how was it? It was phenomenal. Thank you for the for my first cap. I, I've, I've made it. <laughs> I've arrived. So there you go. Watch out, you other Romanian boys out there. I've, I've set the stage for us. I've set the standard, albeit not a, a high standard. I've, I've opened up a platform for all of you guys. So um, I just want to thank you and Glow as well just for, for having me and giving me a chance to enlighten people on the, the struggles but also the promise of Romanian football. Awesome. 
Well, thanks, Matt, for sharing. And your passion is evident. I hope the listeners that it comes across, I'm sure it will. And one more time, that website to catch the All Things Remaining Football. Extratime.org. That's with an X, X-T-R-A, time.org. And you'll go to the forums and you'll find the Romanian football form. Hi, Romania. Brilliant. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening again. This was episode 10. Uh, we've made it to, to double digits. It's exciting times for us in our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, share us with your friends. And uh, please, you know, let us know any feedback or, or uh, topics for the future. We love call, covering the different stories from around the globe that maybe aren't necessarily making uh, English media at least. And uh, thank you again, Matt, and all the other previous guests for coming on. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. All the best.